Hello and welcome to Castle Fun, the official podcast of the Star Wars Speculation subreddit. I'm your host Sam, and I'm joined here today with three of my fellow co-hosts. Please introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Liz. Fuel the fire here. Hi, I'm Lai. And we're going to start off today's episode talking about some of the news that's happened in Star Wars this past week or two. First things first, I really wanted to get into the Last Jedi Blu-ray release and talk about some of the extra features that was included with that. So obviously, including the original film, it came with a documentary called The Director and the Jedi, which was a full-length documentary on the making of The Last Jedi. And it follows kind of Ryan's journey through making this film. It really shows a lot of the insight and the creative ideas that he had and the struggles he actually went through to create this this film. We also had a extra called The Bounce of the Force, which explores the, the lore behind the Force. And Ryan Johnson kind of explains, you know, why why he chose to feature it that way. It also featured 14 deleted scenes, which we talked about in great detail in the first episode of Castle Fun. So if you want to hear our thoughts about that, then load that up. Uh, include, um, in addition to that, we also had the director's commentary, uh, and that was Ryan Johnson, just uh, you know, going through the uh, the film and uh, saying, you know, saying his thoughts and adding a little bit of context to specific scenes. And then we have three scene breakdowns. So Liz, do you want to just uh, tell us about some of them? Yeah, so lighting the spark, uh, creating the space battles were basically uh, a couple of clips of how they they literally made the space battles behind the scenes, uh, rendering all that stuff. Uh, Snoke and Mirrors is uh, also behind the scenes on how they created Snoke and ILM and uh, other companies. The tedious work it, it took to make him every last detail was accounted for, and it really shows. Uh, showdown on Crate was how they got the salt on Crate. Uh, when they shot, it would turn red underneath uh basically it ended up being paper which i thought was pretty cool and it took them like a couple of weeks or months to figure out how to how to get that effect done but i really love that it is a practical effect and not a cgi effect okay lastly we have the andy circus live uh we have we have two scenes uh of andy circus and it's just kind of showing the the exact scenes from the last jedi but without the the snoke cgi and it's it's actually really cool to see him actually as a as an actor, I suppose, on on these sets and and you know show what actually goes into the motion capture performance. So highly recommend checking all these things out. They were great. Get the Blu-ray, watch them, and uh, post your thoughts in the comments. Fuel, did you want to talk about the the solo Denny's commercial? Yeah, I'm not sure if you guys caught that new Denny's commercial. I'm not sure if that's a sentence I ever imagined I'd be <laughs> saying, but uh, there was a new Denny's commercial that dropped recently with uh, ties into the solo film, and uh, it comes with the announcement of some Tops cards that are available and some other cups there. Um, product stuff aside, we got some meaty looks at the cantina, um, or hopefully right from the film i'm guessing don't think they'd shoot it twice but um they have some shots of the cantina coming up and uh pretty interesting some new aliens in there uh not so many of the older ones but uh uh some throat singing definitely uh definitely some weird in there if that's what you're after so um <laughs> interesting stuff there and then um also another recent announcement while we're on solo um there was the announcement that it will be premiering at the Cannes Film Festival, 
which is coming up here on uh, the 8th of May. So we should get a pretty good, uh, pretty good idea of what we're up for coming up here soon. So uh, exciting times. Definitely. And the last bit of news for this week is Simon Pegg. He he stated on the Happy Sad Confused podcast um, a little bit about what JJ may or may not have intended for Ray's lineage. And his direct quote is, I know what JJ kind of intended. Well, at least what was sort of being chucked around. I think that it's kind of been undone slightly by the last one. There was some talk about, you know, uh, kind of relevant lineage for her. But honestly, I don't know. And I don't know if anybody knows. We shall see. So what are your guys' thoughts on that statement? Personally, I thought that was very bold of him to say. You know, it, I think it kind of undermines Ryan just a tiny bit. If JJ felt that important about her lineage, he would have told Ryan, and I'm sure Ryan would have uh, happily... Uh, you know, followed his vision if it if it was something that uh, they both thought was important to the film. Uh, I think it's really interesting. We're getting a getting a, some insight into how you know someone involved with the production process feels about uh, the story taking you know this direction or that. Um, also, it kind of comments on where we are sort of at large, right? Um, if they've left things sort of an- ambiguous up to this point, um, you know, is it fair really to criticize anybody for sort of wondering still? Oh, I feel the same as Liz. I thought it was kind of bold of him to say it and undermines Ryan. And uh, I don't know, I, I felt like it wasn't a necessary comment and kind of riles up all the fanboys that are kind of mad at how the mystery box was answered so yeah you know i I kind of agree with that um it is interesting to kind of hear that from someone that was on set but it kind of goes against what daisy ridley had said where you know they always that ryan and jj were kind of on the same wavelength and to be honest with you i genuinely believe they were i'm sure simon Pegg wasn't lying when he's when he said what he said but he was kind of vague on the fact that that jj did have something definite in mind it could have just been tossing around because he because he's friends with jj right he's he knows jj so i'm wondering if you know things were getting tossed around but then when he actually when jj actually sat down with ryan and kind of started talking about the direction to kind of take this trilogy maybe you know they they both decided on the fact that um they weren't actually going to make Ray's parents anybody in particular. Um, obviously, there's still another movie, so we don't know what that holds, but I'm assuming that... Um, well, I, I'm personally hoping for the fact that, that nothing too drastic gets changed. Uh, a strange one. I think Simon. I think Simon's still under the impression that Ray is Unkar's daughter. <laughs> maybe. <yeah. laughs> maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's true. Maybe he knows more than we do. I don't know. If anyone does it, I kind of wonder if he's going to pop up in episode nine, you know, if they revisit Jakku. So I really hope he does, actually, because I think that would be, I mean. I believe he died, didn't he? He died in the novel, and uh, there was a deleted scene with him uh, getting his arms ripped off. Oh, he actually died? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know he actually died. I don't know if that is uh, canon, but it did happen in both the book and in a deleted scene. So. I'm going to assume it. Mm, if it happened, I mean, it's the novel has been retconned before, you know, with the Poe and Ray. That originally happened 
in the Force Awakens novel, uh, but then Ryan chose to actually include it in the Last Jedi, which is obviously you know it makes sense because it'd be weird if these two characters all of a sudden know each other and we've got no scene where they've they've kind of introduced themselves to each other. So I don't know, but then a character's death is kind of a big thing. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, could they re- could they retcon it? Yes. Will they? I Personally, don't know. I I don't think they will because it was filmed. Yeah. So they might just not, they might not have had time to put it in or thought it unnecessary. Wait, so did he actually die in the book? Uh, he got his arms ripped off, I believe. Uh, I can't... Star Wars, he probably has robot arms. <laughs> <laughs> he, he might have lived, who knows? I mean, you know, I guess we'll see. But I personally wouldn't object to seeing him again in episode nine. I think it'd be quite cool for, for Ray to confront him now that she's kind of like, I mean, it would, it would almost be reminiscent of, I mean, not quite the same, but, you know, Luke uh, confronting Jabba in Return of the Jedi, right? You know, he's... he's or, uh, or uh, yeah, Anakin uh, meeting Watto again. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's probably, oh, yeah. That's probably a bit more of a... Do that, yeah. yeah, a bit more of a, a better comparison. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we don't know if Jakku will be featured again, but it's same director, and you know, it, it could make sense for the story if everyone always wants to go there. Well, this is it. This is it. <laughs> so there's something special about Jakku for a battle to happen there. Definitely something special. Yes. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see him again with the uh, with a robotic arm. So moving on to the main segment of the podcast, the speculation segment, we're going to just do um, a little discussion about the Rebels finale. We're going to talk a little bit about Leia and her role in episode nine and some of the rumors around what they might be or might not be doing with her. And also just going to quickly go into the the latest Vader comic. So Liz, do you want to start us off on the Rebels finale? Yes, of course. So I wanted to uh, lead this discussion on the Rebels finale. Uh, I was so blown away with Filoni in this episode. He was absolutely amazing. There was the iffy parts with the Purgles, I believe it's called the Space Whales. I just thought it was a weird thing to add, you know? Uh, and I I think Filoni did it out of spite, uh, just to say, like, not everything is filler. <laughs> But uh, I, I do see their purpose, you know, in taking them into light speed. Uh, I mean, hyperspace. Sorry. Um, and then Ahsoka at the end. Oh my gosh! I cried my eyes out. It was it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. Uh, her and Sabine are, are gonna uh, go off and try to find Ezra, and they may or may not be alive. I don't know if we'll see them again altogether. And uh, everything that happened with Hera, uh, her and her son, uh, it's, it's crazy. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this? Uh, well, I want to disagree with you about the Purgles, um, <laughs> first and foremost. Uh, I like the fact that they were introduced. Uh, I definitely think it was a little bit to do with spite, uh, the fact that they were introduced in, in the finale, you know. But I did kind of like the, the meaning behind them uh, appearing because, you know, Right from the start of the show, we've, we've been shown that Ezra has kind of had this connection with the wildlife. So I definitely think that was a really cool way of, of paying off that kind of idea. I, I think so as well. I, I, I like the the direction they're going with the, uh, with, you know, the animal sort of uh, connection, uh, light side and whatnot. Um, obviously, all animals, I don't think, 
all animals are like that, right? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's a, it's a toss up, but it kind of gives some more, um, you know, some more heft to that side story that we got in the Last Jedi, where they're uh, running into the Fathers and such. Um, the the spiritual side, right, that connects the animals. So I'm I'm here very much, guys, today to defend the Purgles. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I'm a Purgle activist. Um, I'm here to say uh, I like it. It's it's a it's it's weird enough uh, for me that it it you know it, it the the one thing I did see and this was you know I, I saw some comments going around. Um, I did see, and this I don't want to ruin it for any, for anybody. I guess we're kind of far enough. People have processed it and such, right? Um, but uh, they they do bust through the windshield on that uh, Star Destroyer. Right. And then they jump into uh, hyperspace. So uh, hopefully there's somewhere where they aren't, you know, in danger of that. Or, uh... But beyond that, uh, no, I thought it was really neat. They showed up right when they were needed and, um, and you know, took them out. Um, got, got basically, <laughs> it was kind of deus ex machina, but what isn't with the force, right? Well, yeah, and I think it was kind of cool that um, it was something Thrawn just literally couldn't, like, plan for, you know, and that's that's kind of how you defeat an opponent like that that literally plans for, for nearly every outcome, uh, every logical outcome anyway, so that was kind of cool. Um, I think, well, I mean, Ezra and Thrawn have been shown to, well, Dave Filoni has actually confirmed that they are both alive, um, I think the I think Ezra can you know use the Force maybe to kind of shield them from space and hyperspace. So hopefully uh, they're all they're all okay. I just I love the creatures and alien stuff about Star Wars. I think it adds like another dimension of of mysticality of whimsical. And I don't know, it's always cool to see what animals can do in that world, you know, because there's so many different creatures. There's the lilacs, there's that, there's, I don't know. I, I, I always love the animals that come out of Star Wars because it's it's not just humans warring with each other. It's other living things existing in the world with them that may or may not have these awesome powers and, and connection with the Force, you know, so I like it. So, um, Liz, after at the end of the episode, we got like a time jump, right? That was, yeah, um, we did. Where, where did it Where did it go from, or where did it get the get to? Um, I know it was after the Battle of Endor. I'm not sure how far. Uh, I just remember it was it Sabine who was narrating, uh, saying that they all survived. Uh, Hera fought with Rex. And it had a shot of Hera in the ghost with uh, her little boy, uh, Jason. Oh, and yeah, Rex. <laughs> yes, Rex is alive. Uh, yes, and then Jason. Yeah, so all of good. it. Man, wow. Yeah, that, that last sequence was really neat, right? It, it jumped like 30 years forward or so. I, I really want to see more of that in Star Wars. I know that's a little bit um, much. Uh, but I would absolutely love to see uh, more time jumps because no, um, I'd heard they had um, planned for more seasons, right? I, I think somebody was mentioning mentioning that they'd planned for several more seasons, but Filoni was um, had to cut it a bit short, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if it was ever confirmed, but I know Freddie Prince Jr., who plays Kanan, has talked a lot about it being. This was before it. We did the announcement that it was going to be cancelled, and he 
said that they had planned for about seven seasons. And I do have a little theory that it was cut short because they wanted to kind of focus on this this new show, I think, that's probably going to be a bit more relevant to Star Wars moving forward. Um, maybe something more to do with the new trilogy. Because Dave Filoni, at the end of season... Th- no, it was mid... So it was in between the gap of season two and three, it was announced that he became the kind of overall overseer of all Lucasfilm animation, right? Instead of just focusing on Rebels, which was obviously, you know, raised a few eyebrows because it's like, you know... Just give him his own movie. Right, right. (laughs) So I think it kind of lends... It it kind of led people to believe that there was going to be a another show in the in the works and obviously that looks like that's happening because rebels got cut short um well not i mean i I personally think it did get cut short um because i i feel like there was you know i think it was a good show overall and the finale was you know excellent but i think that some arcs maybe didn't get quite the payoff that i think was originally set up you know ezra's uh ezra's dark side kind of arc I mean, there was definitely, I think it definitely had payoff in the finale, but leading up to that, you know, it was kind of set up to be this big thing at the end of season two, where he's kind of like looking into the holocron and a lot of hype around that. And then season three, it was kind of dealt with in like one episode. And it just felt to me like, I don't know, it it felt like there was, there was going to be more to it. Like the fact that more was introduced and more was going to be this kind of like dark side mentor for Ezra and then them not really having that much to do with each other. So I don't know. Um, but I do feel like Rebels was definitely cut short. Yeah, I feel like we're going to have some of that uh, that feeling we had at the end of uh, the Clone Wars where we didn't get those finished arcs. Right. Um, be, be wondering, you know, what happened between <laughs> that jump to hyperspace and, you know, the war is over. Yeah, although I do think that obviously because it could plan around its ending, I think we did get the ending we would have always got um, or near enough because it knew it was ending and it had time to wrap things up. And I think it's kind of interesting because we're definitely seeing this now with, obviously with, you know, Rebels was almost like this spiritual successor to Clone Wars. It had a lot of the same characters showing up. Um, and it was, it's, it's almost kind of its own universe in a way. Like it's got its, its, its own characters and places and, and things that keep showing up on and on. And it's just this kind of own continuous story. So I think that it's, well, very, very fair to assume that the next animated show is going to be based on sequel trilogy era, you know, either in between episodes six and seven or possibly even eight and nine. Um, I don't know. What are, you, what are your guys' thoughts? What would you like to see from the, the next animated show? So uh, I know we don't really talk about uh, leaks on this podcast, but there were a couple of leaks um, about... Disney or Lucasfilm uh, having a trademark on uh, the resistance right? or just resistance. And so that was, I think it was under like toys and shows and and something media, something along that line, those lines. Uh, So I think maybe we're going to get a resistance show. Uh, Another time jump, maybe uh, showing a little bit of what Sabine is doing. Maybe uh, Ezra, I'm not so sure about Ahsoka, uh, how much she'll be in that, because it is going to kind of bump into what we know uh, with ST. So, 
I'm not too sure how far they're going to dive into that, but the, it, Star Wars Resistance, uh, I'm all for it. I really hope they bring the ghost crew back because I, I already fell in love with them. They, <laughs> they're amazing. Do you think that it's going to take place between six and seven or eight and nine? Definitely six and seven. Um, I would. I think it would be awesome if it was during the ST times. Um, maybe expand more on what Leia was doing. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just like the diplomatic stuff she gets into. And I know that the resistance is, in its way, kind of more humble and poor than the Rebels times. But um, I, I don't know. I think it'd be interesting to see an insight more on that instead of just the films. So. So, uh, side note, uh, I just finished uh, Lost Stars, and I noticed that they mentioned Lothal a couple times, so uh, if you guys are reading canon books, I would definitely look out for, uh, you know, planet names, and it's it's very interesting seeing them tie in uh, the TV shows into these books and Expanded Universe. Well, Carabast. Um, but no, I, I think the uh, we definitely need to see some, you know, some something in between uh, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Uh, it's time to get, you know, time to dig in there. Uh, the end of the Rebels finale got us kind of there, right? That's some of the first media we've actually seen moving media from after Return of the Jedi and uh, in between The Force Awakens. Um, but um, uh, the... The thing that uh, I thought was really neat there at the at the nod off at the end was uh, was the nod to the legends material with Jason Sindula right. um, getting introduced there. Um, so I'm I'm wondering you know where where that goes forward because uh, obviously we've got some other force users running around. It looks like yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, where's his story going to go? Is he is he going to be uh, kind of like the the resistance is Kanan. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it'd be kind of cool to see. Um, yeah, I mean, the biggest biggest question for me, you know, at the end of the finale was definitely where are Thrawn and Ezra going, and kind of like where is where is that story going to go? Because they're two very different characters, and I'd love to see them kind of be forced together to work as a team. Um, and you know, I think I don't know for certain, but the the new Thrawn book is about it's it's going to feature Thrawn and Vader and kind of like go into Thrawn's background with Anakin apparently because it was stated that they actually met each other in the first Thrawn book and I think this is going to go into into that a lot and it's going to be Thrawn kind of working with a Jedi so I'm wondering if there may be any kind of similarities between the new Thrawn book and whatever adventures Ezra and Thrawn are going to be getting up to when they uh, when they get out of hyperspace. So that'll be super interesting to see. But as for the new animated show, I personally really do want to see something set after... It, depending on how big the time skip is, obviously, because we don't know. But I would like to see something set after episode 8, you know, this... Because the Resistance, or Rebellion, or whatever it's called, uh, at the end of episode 8, is kind of on its on its you know back legs. It it can't really do much at the moment. It's not got a lot of people. But Luke Skywalker kind of reignited this legend. So are we going to see the Resistance kind of form up to be this massive army that's going to be something to rival the First Order? Um, 
you know, that'll be really interesting to see that kind of kind of kind of spark up. And you know, um, maybe it could be a bit more Clone Wars esque, so we get to see a few different point of views. Probably not. It'll probably go with the more Rebels format, but we'll see. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I just I just think is there much of a a story to tell for the Resistance um, before Episode Seven? Because obviously they they were there, but they weren't really fighting the First Order, were they? I mean, before Episode Seven, I don't know. Am I wrong on that? Right. It's supposed to be a relative era of peace, as I understand it. Yeah. So. Um, but uh, yeah, it, in in respect to what you're saying, perhaps yeah, resistance. The title for a show would pr- probably fit better. Yeah, after eight, mm. maybe. Um, but uh, that being said, we do need to get we need to get something on Luke's uh, traveling school here. Oh, I mean, we, ne- we need something. That would be my dream animated series if we could have a young Ben get Mark to Luke. voice it. Yeah, that would break my heart in so many ways. Oh, uh, wow. it would be. I mean, Get all the uh, actual actors in there. Don't yeah, even. I mean, if you get Adam <laughs> Driver handle. and Mark, I, it'll never happen. But if you get Adam Driver and Mark Hamill, it would just be something incredible to see a kind of Ben's tragic fall to the dark side. And if I had to, yeah, if I had to get one show to be animated, it would definitely be that. But will we see that yet? I don't know. I think we will at some point. I don't know what form of media it would take, but. I think animated show would be the, either a, a series of books, right? So not just like a one-off, because I think it would be really cool to kind of like have this uh, lo- ongoing kind of journey um, and development of, of Ben and Luke's characters, or a, like some form some some form of uh, animated show. I think it would be the best way to portray that. So, has anyone got any final thoughts on the Rebels finale? Uh, I had one last note. Um, we had uh, Ezra and uh, Thrawn uh, launch out into the unknown regions, and we have Sabine and Ahsoka uh, going after them, it looks like, at the end. Right. Um, now, the interesting thing, I guess, I mean, you know, Sabine and Ahsoka aside, the interesting thing about them heading to the unknown regions is how it could possibly tie into the sequel trilogy. Mm. Um, now there was, uh, if you look at Thrawn's, I think you can go visit his Wikipedia page. I'm not sure how official it is with what's, what's on there, but, um, reference to the fact that, uh, Snoke is coming basically from the outer rim, um, or from, you know, the unknown, unknown regions as a navigator of sorts. And, um, if these guys are to survive, uh, that being uh, Ezra and Thrawn in some way, shape, or form out there, then conceivably, in order to get back or to get around anywhere, really, they may encounter said navigators, perhaps. Yeah. Um, so uh, just a, a little thing that, you know, something to, to look at or think about, perhaps. So you think that the Thrawn, Ezra, Sabine, Ahsoka thing might tie into Snoke's origin? Maybe? It's a... Uh, it's a small galaxy. Yeah, very small galaxy. <laughs> very small. Well, I actually just, I'm actually reading Thrawn right now. And one of the first things that Thrawn tells the Emperor is, I want to help you, uh, like, take down the threats in the unknown regions that will take down the Empire. So, I don't know. For me, it, it 
it kind of, you know, foreshadows. Yeah, yeah. Thrawn mentions he's aware of that uh, threat, basically, that Pal- well, that Palpatine seems to be planning for, and uh, and Snoke would conceivably be aware of as well. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not sure if they all tie in together, but the the pieces are all there. Yeah, for I definitely sure. think it's um, reasonable to assume because there's been so much so much mention of the unknown regions and this kind of this presence or this threat that's out there. You know, Palpatine can sense it. Um, Thrawn's talked about it. Now Thrawn and Ezra have have, have kind of been taken into there. It's like what is oh, and the, and there's also a lot of references about it in the aftermath books, right? So there's a lot of mentioning of these this unknown regions and and what's out there this this specific threat. It's it's, it's really interesting to see. Um, yeah, I mean, without guessing or, or guessing too much, right? Um, we have uh, we have uh, Star Wars has been picking up a lot more of the Legends material. It seems like lately, peppering it in there, and uh, there was one threat out there that. Uh, that was kind of the big threat that came out of nowhere. So I won't name it. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about, but uh, <laughs> but that could be a possibility in uh, the Star Wars future. So something to look at. Something to think about. And lastly, on the Rebels finale, favorite moment, Liz. Uh, definitely when Ahsoka showed up. I I lost it. Uh, I think I can tell you, I literally cried my eyes out. Yeah, I, I was there. It was it was ugly crying. It was loud. <laughs> yes. The the show yeah. was done. I wish I was she was sobbing for she's a such- few minutes, and we were all asking her. Yeah, she's such an important character to me. Like I grew up with her. I I own like every single piece of Ahsoka like uh, merchandise. I she's. She's just amazing. Like she's such a strong female character, and it's just amazing. Like the the way Filoni wrote her. Oh my gosh, I could go on. But... <laughs> yeah, it's it's great the evolution of that character. It was nice that she wasn't you know done as a character. Yeah, we don't know where her story's going to go now. Um, Fuel. What was your favorite part of the finale? Purgles. <laughs> Get out. Get Purgles. Out. <laughs> I, 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 I'm here for the Purgles, guys. I'm here to, I'm here to defend them. I'm, I'm here to. Uh, no, I'm, I think that was that was probably it for me. I just, I, I like that uh, it, it brought an element, uh, you know, um, of the Force that we haven't quite, you know, gotten too much into. This sort of, you know, animal uh, mounts <laughs> kind of side of stuff, I guess. But uh, if you're, you know, if you're into uh, the MMO stuff, um, but being you know being able to sort of uh, um, as you said you know bring in bring in something that's uh, outside of logic sort of um, bring something mystical into it. So no, I, I think the Purgles were was definitely my favorite part. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is considered part of the finale, but I mean it was one of the la- part of the last episodes. But the world between worlds. Um, Especially with them, you know, inserting all that audio from the films. Um, woo, chills, really, really, really. <laughs> it was a, yeah, it was definitely something. I mean, that opens up a whole load of possibilities for future Star Wars stuff. Uh, that's, yeah, I mean, that's obviously super exciting. Um, but I think for me, it was actually the Palpatine scene in the the finale 
where I just love the kind of um, symbolism, I guess, because, you know, Dave Filoni's actually referenced him as the, the devil, the Star Wars devil, right? So he's kind of, when when Ezra first sees him, he's he's almost like, angelic like he's got this kind of this long white gown and you know this he's like this uh well he's not he's not young but he's younger looking and then obviously ezra has this kind of temptation moment where he sees that the possibility of going back to his parents and i don't know do you guys think that that was a complete illusion or do you think that ezra could have actually gone back to see his parents there I think it's an illusion. You know, we saw him use his little magic alchemy thing in World Between Worlds, so it, it was definitely magic. Right, right. And the way they just kind of like stood there, like looking at him, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, if they were actually his parents, they might be like a little bit concerned that they can see this this swirling doorway in their in yeah. their living room or whatever. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, for me that was definitely, you know, I, I think it showed a lot of strength from Ezra and kind of wrapped up his his current arc very nicely and uh you know i know a lot of oh yeah man you know uh, ezra was a character that i mean i i personally always quite liked his character um but i know he initially did get a lot of flack much like ahsoka did when she was first debuted but um i think that this over the course of the the seasons people have come around to i don't think he's necessarily you know up there with ahsoka but you know Time, time may change that. I personally really like the character. Really looking forward to see where he's going, and uh, I can't wait to to see where that's done. Fuel, you're leading the next topic: the possibility of Leia being recasted and what her role will be in Episode Nine. No, a subject that is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, Carrie Fisher, of course, um, sadly passed away last year, and um, with that come some changes to the Star Wars story moving forward. And uh, so what I was hoping to discuss a little bit is where you guys might see um, her character, uh, Leia Organa, going, you know, moving forward into episode nine, uh, her relationship with Ben. Um, as, uh, as it's been discussed previously, um, Mark Hamill, uh, I believe, was the one who made reference to the importance of her character or the weight of importance that her character would have to episode nine. Um, and, uh, so, uh, some rumors have gone around. We've heard things, uh, um, we've heard of, uh, perhaps uh, another actor stepping in, um, or perhaps them changing the story to, uh, you know, meet that, uh, meet, you know, meet this tragic situation in some way, shape or form. And I guess, uh, you know, obviously most important is to, make sure the character is, uh, uh, honored, um, in, you know, in, in her importance to, to the universe itself. And, and, and such an important character, uh, one of the first strong female leads, uh, in Hollywood. And, uh, and so <laughs> with that said, uh, one of the rumors coming up was Meryl Streep, um, coming in and stepping in to, uh, take that, um, now, I believe that wouldn't be a terrible uh, idea to have an actor come in. I've seen Disney has done some wonderful things with the face-changing technology recently. Um, so I'm not entirely opposed to that. I think her character is very important uh, to the story. And if they can figure out a way around that, uh, I would not mind seeing 
um, an actor or actress uh, fill in for her. Um, and, you know, just, it, it's kind of a, a downer to talk about, really. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm not sure if you want to re-record this sort of section no. at all or, or, or cut this, but um, but this is, uh, you know, um, I'm, what are your guys' thoughts on this? Um, well, look, I am not against the principle of her being recasted if it was absolutely necessary for the script, if they literally couldn't work around that. If if the film would take such a massive hit to its direction that there was nothing they could do. Uh, and I'm fine with the principle of it. Um, you know, I'm sure Carrie Fisher would not mind. You know, I'm sure she'd like to see her character get the proper send-off she deserves. Um, for me, it might just be kind of hard seeing another actor in or another actress in the role, uh, especially one such as Meryl Streep, where, you know, all you can kind of see is Meryl Streep. But, you know, like you said, they, they can do things with, you know, not just with CGI, but with makeup as well. Um, personally, I think, though, I mean, it, it has been confirmed that they have had to rewrite the script to deal with Carrie's absence. So I think any role that, that Carrie uh, or that Leia was meant to actually have has been significantly changed and probably diminished um but i think that it is very possible we might see some layer i mean it really depends how they choose to deal with the character i mean do they kill her off or do they just kind of limit her screen time in a way um all i really want to see is some sort of resolution with her and ben because that's important. So even if we just see their two silhouettes embrace each other in some way of shape or form that shows they've reconciled and, you know, moved on, then that would be great for me. But um, yeah. So I would be okay if it was uh, Meryl Streep, but not a full-on face, just maybe her back as she she's dressed as Leia. Um, mm. So we get the idea. Um, personally, I think they should uh, kill her off um, because I, I think it is an important uh, for Ben's arc uh, moving forward. Uh, that needs to happen for him to realize uh, he messed up because in 8, we saw him... Uh, not shoot her and that was a huge moment for his character it showed that he can be redeemed he can change and uh i feel like her death would just uh further drive him uh no pun intended uh <laughs> to uh the light side and uh maybe have him and ray have a force bond while they're at like her grave or, or something like that and him just be broken and not know what to do. Uh, I feel like yeah. that that would that would be okay with me, and it would be very powerful. And I think Carrie would actually like that, seeing that uh, the character drove uh, another character uh, to to further. Uh, how would I put it? Uh, expand the story or move the, drive the story forward. Right. Life? Oh, I feel the same way. I, I agree that uh, her death would definitely be a catalyst for some 
super deep reflection for Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo. And, um, you know, he's, especially in the novel, uh, she still believed in him and wanted him to come home. So I think, you know, I know that he's a villain and, you know, he's part of the dark side, but, you know, I guess sometimes we just need someone to believe in us sometimes. And uh, I feel like Ray is also a part of that. So, yeah, I'm okay with her uh, getting, I guess, killed off and, and being a catalyst for some really big change for Ben. And I guess we're all uh, fairly in the uh, Ben redemption Absolutely. Uh, path then i would say um but for those uh, that uh you know that feel like he you know he's kind of uh, gone or uh, you know cut off at this point then um then yeah certainly uh, it wouldn't bear much weight to the story but I, I feel like yeah with the weight and the uh and what you guys mentioned you know uh them having to adjust the storyline and such i mean uh, it's looking like all signs are pointing to redemption for Ben Solo at this point. Right, and I, I really like the the idea that you stated, Liz, about the kind of force bond scene with Ray and Ben. You know, maybe because I think it'd be really nice for the Leia character in general to have kind of this on-screen send-off. Um, you know, a, a funeral because I mean we didn't get one for for Han, but. You know, it was in the novel. I think it'd be really nice to have this kind of like this on-screen send-off, and and if Ben could could kind of arrive there in in a force bond, and you know, maybe only Ray could see him, and she's kind of like, "What are you doing here?" But you know, I mean, obviously, it's it's understandable. It's it's his it's his mother, you know. So I think that could be like a really really powerful scene, and and like you said, really kind of push Ben in the hopefully right direction, um, because yeah, you know, he, he didn't choose to to pull the trigger. And that was really important for his character arc in The Last Jedi. I just kind of wish there would have been a little bit more um, insight into how Ben felt about that because it, it was never really explained if he thought that his mom had been killed in that explosion. So what I will find interesting if they kill off Leia is how uh poe is gonna react also because she she's a surrogate mom to him and i feel like kylo and poe are sort of surrogate brothers because you know that's you know that's their mother figure and uh it's gonna be interesting to see how uh how they react and what they reflect on and what their motivations are after they both lose her um because she's such a huge figure in their life and um so I look forward to that because they're both the opposing leaders of the resistance and the first order. And, uh, you know, they've both seen Leia in her leadership position and see what she's capable of and might've took some notes from her. So I'm excited to see that part. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, like you said, um, they are the two leaders of their respective sides and they're both relatively young and, inexperienced i mean pose kind of got some experience um leading i mean he, that was kind of his arc in the last jedi um but kylo i can't imagine has all that much <laughs> um as was demonstrated in the battle of crate so i don't know it's going to be really interesting them kind of clashing and maybe even being brought together um because of this this loss of of their you know 
you know, Poe's mother figure in Kylo's actual mother. Um, yeah. Or I guess if we go back to the book and just kind of pull in um, one of the passages here, um, when he actually went to, uh, when he was going to go fire on the ship where Leia was, and then he decided not to shoot. Um, subsequently, you know, one of his wingmates ended up firing, but, um, but right after that moment, and if I'm reading it here directly, uh, if he had known, he could have stopped the torpedo, freezing it in space with a thought, but he had been surprised. Now he couldn't sense his mother. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering if he was even aware as to whether or not Leia was alive, um, you know, when they did their attack on Crate. Um, cause he came in there pretty, you know, guns blazing. And, uh, if he was willing to pull back on a shot earlier in the film, um, you know, is he doing, is he going all out? Like he is at that point, basically having undermined Snoke and, and kind of gone through his whole sort of shift up to that point, you know, but yes. Um, so I'm not sure if he goes in guns blazing though. Um, otherwise, you know, um, if, if he had any impression that Leia was alive, um, maybe that changes the course of the film. Definitely, and uh, I, I I wish the film had been a bit more expl- explanatory about that, about how Kylo actually felt about uh, his mother. Well, we don't even know if 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 he does think that she's dead or not. You know, there's there's no scene after kind of saying, "Oh yeah, I can feel her," or "I can't sense her," or you know, all that we know that in that moment he can't sense her. So. I don't know. I really hope that. Um, I mean, it may it, it it may come as a shock to him that she's alive still in Episode Nine, if that's the direction they end up going. Right, which would which would kind of be cruel actually, because it's like a shock to him that he's that she's alive and they're not. And he's been yeah, and he's been doing all this bad stuff still, and she's still alive. That'd be wow, crazy. That's that would be very powerful, actually. You know, the one I would really like to see a hologram of Leia talking to Ben, like her message to Ben. Um, If they could could do that, I I think that would be... Because I feel like they can definitely get away with having someone that doesn't look exactly like Carrie Fisher in a hologram. And as long as they get the voice right, you know, for the most part, I think people will buy it. Definitely more so than an actual CGI performance of that character, you know? So, yeah. Um, but it is interesting that, that, you know, kind of kills a lot of the uh, debate about whether, you know, Ben was, was happy when he saw those. I mean, I, I, the movie, in my opinion, pretty much states that he wasn't. But, you know, it kind of shows that he would have stopped the, the bolts if, if he hadn't been so shocked. So that's really good to actually have that in writing. Um, adding to your whole like hologram thing, and they could also make it so that um, she recorded something when he had turned. Uh, so it's even more disguised that it's not Carrie Fisher. Uh, they could get away with it a little bit easier and uh, kind of see how much Leia was, that she was heartbroken that he turned and she tried to do everything she could to uh, not have him go down that path. And maybe that might also, you know, change it. Yeah, like a like a, a Galen Urso Rogue One scene or something like that. Yes, exactly what I was thinking, yes. Oh, and I've been, like, completely break down in tears. Like, that would be... <laughs> that would be so brilliant. <laughs> I'd love that so much. Well, there was actually that, that thing in Bloodline when I don't know... I can't really see him getting, it, getting too much into it in the movies um, because the whole kind of bloodline reveal hasn't been stated 
But in my mind, it was a very big reveal uh, or a very very big part of why Ben turned uh, the reveal when he finds out that, that Vader is actually his grandfather and, and no one's told him. And he kind of finds out on the news, <laughs> which isn't the best way to find out that, um, you know, Vader's your grandfather. Um, and then Leia actually tries to send him a message saying that, you know, she's sorry and she wanted to tell him when the time was right. And he, she's really sorry that he's found out this way. Um, but she doesn't know whether he's 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 going to get it or that he received it. So it'd be kind of cool if we saw that message or maybe something in a very similar vein to that. What if he didn't see it and it just like hurt him more because he thought that his mom just didn't care. And when he sees it, he's like, oh my gosh, everything I did was for nothing. Right. Well, I like to think that the whole Vader reveal for Ben and then the night that Luke went to visit him in the temple, I like to think that was all in very quick succession, like maybe over the space of like a week. So maybe the whole Luke, the Luke temple massacre kind of happened before that message could even reach him. And then therefore he would never have received it. So I mean, the temple was burned, so whatever whatever device they used for, for getting messages, maybe that was destroyed as well. And, you know, I don't know, but it would uh, it's not too too hard to assume that, that, that that's what happened. And then maybe he could actually see that, you know, I don't know, maybe R2 could play him that message or, or something, I don't know, but that would be really, really cool to see. I'm pretty sure they have, like, uh, like we do an email system, something like that, where it could save it, even though it's not on, like, the exact device, like, or a computer or anything like that. It's, like, an online thing. The star cloud. Yeah. <laughs> HoloNet. Oh, well, there yeah, you go. HoloNet, yeah. There you go. HoloNet is canon now, actually. There's <laughs> already a name for it. But, um, yeah, so I think that um, that would be a very kind of respectful way to kind of close off our arc, where it's not having anyone necessarily play the living, breathing character um, or layer. Yeah, and it, it, it's good because it doesn't. Ha- it makes it so the character doesn't have to, you know, do much more, as it were, uh, action-wise. You know, in regards to the story, the heavy lifting is done already. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the one thing that does kind of sadden me is we got a lot of it in the novel, which is about how kind of like Ben's relationship with his parents and kind of his home life. Um, and, you know, he, he kind of heard conversations about them referring to, well, not ref- actually referring to him as a monster, but kind of that's how he felt he was being talked about. We got so much of that in the novel. You know, we got, we, we learned about his breakdowns and, and all these things and all these things that made sense why he actually got sent to Luke's Academy in the first place. And I think that I like to believe that the reason why we haven't got that much uh, in the film of The Last Jedi was because they were saving it for episode nine because it was going to be the Leia and Ben movie, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I, I still think we will get some of it in the movie, hopefully, because I really do think that the general audience isn't really that much aware about the tragedy of Ben's uh, fall and, and what kind of drove him to that point. So, I don't know. And also, uh, they're going to have some of young Ben Solo's life in The Last Shot, uh, the new Han Solo and Lando book. So we're going to see a little bit of baby Ben, um, see what he's like. But I think it's very, very young Ben, not like teenager Ben. Yeah, they've been very deliberate about showing Ben's kind of teenage years. How how young are we talking here? Like uh, Anakin's age in The Phantom Menace? 
I think younger, to be honest. I'm not exactly sure the timeline, but from when I, what I've seen, it's going to be a very young baby Ben. So basically repairing the Falcon by himself and stuff, you know, regular <laughs> young Skywalker business. Oh, what no. a Mary Sue. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, I don't know. It's It's really interesting that they keep showing us these kind of more innocent um, portrayals of Ben Solo, you know, it's like gearing everyone up for the for the redemption. Hopefully, um, you know, kind of emphasizing the fact that he is he is human and humans make mistakes and make wrong decisions. And what do you know? <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but not yeah, in Star no. Wars, they don't. No, not in Star Wars. You know, you get your one chance of redemption, and then that's it. You don't get any more. That's it. Yeah, Darth Maul. Yeah. <laughs> One shot of redemption. That's all you get. So, yeah, um, it is interesting. Uh, I just hope that they can kind of tie uh, the Ben and Leia stuff together in a satisfying way, even though the, the Carrie Fish is not going to be there for it. Uh, it. It breaks my heart that we're not going to get a scene between Carrie and uh, Adam Driver, though, because uh, that would have been something special, I think. But, you know... Yeah, I, I I agree. That would have been something uh something special. But um, I oh I wanted to say um you know because they are on the Millennium Falcon when we leave them, I hope perhaps that maybe Leia or Ray happens upon a family, you know, picture or hologram or whatever of Leia and Adam and uh Han. Sorry, yeah, and uh, oh, uh, yeah, so you know, because they did live, you know, the Millennium Falcon kind of was like their second home, and uh, I, I couldn't imagine that there isn't family remnants on that ship. Han keeps the uh, the old family photos in the smuggling compartment yes, in the car, <laughs> no <one> can find them. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, because I'm just thinking because Uncar Plot did have the Falcon, so it'd be kind of weird if he kept these family <laughs> photographs. But yeah, they were kind of hidden away. I don't know. Yeah, they are probably hidden away. It sounds pretty plausible. I think that'd be that would be really nice, though. I think. Uh... Um, but yeah, that's sort of uh, uh, sort of stuff to think about as we move forward to uh, episode nine. I'm sure we'll get a lot more media coming out here soon that'll uh, elaborate on their relationships, and maybe that'll kind of give us a better idea of where we're going. So um, I think that moves us on to our f- one of our final topics here in the speculation section, which is the Vader comic. So going to talk about the uh, issue number 13 and I just wanted to give a quick summarization of it because um, it's an action-packed uh, issue. So first, Vader has another dream about the Mustafar battle with one but he's Vader and not Anakin. Uh, the Emperor commands Darth Vader to go to planet Moncala to find out who is advising their leadership because the negotiating tactics are similar to Jedi. Tarkin is discussing possible attack strategies with his crew, but he also understands that the value of the planet is uh, is, is high and wants to avoid destroying the planet, actually. Um, Ambassador Telvar, on behalf of the New Republic and uh, an Empire, is unsuccessful in convincing King Lechar to accept a trade proposal. 
uh, Darth Vader and the Inquisitors land on planet Moncala. The ambassador ship is shot down. Tarkin's crew detects the attack and readies to send down the TIE fighters and the Imperial fleet. And last but not least, there's a mysterious figure in a cave that is acknowledged as Master Jedi who expected the presence of, the v- of Vader and the Inquisitors. And the mysterious figure also knows that Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker. So uh, I find this really interesting, especially the last part because of, you know, Order 66 and uh, the history and, and death of the Jedi Order. So I just want to pass it back to you guys and uh who do you guys think this master jedi is mace window <laughs> um, <laughs> no i don't know <laughs> well didn't see him die on screen that's this is the thing i mean we've been going through all these possible jedi it could be that would actually have a decent payoff and as much as i hate to say it and i'm probably wrong i in fact i'm almost definitely wrong but I just think that um, for me, Mace Windu would probably be one of the only choices it could be um, for several reasons. Uh, the first being that he calls him Skywalker. And I'm pretty sure that Mace Windu rarely referred to him as Anakin, if, if I'm right about that. Am I? Yes, you are. You are correct. Right. Um, he obviously senses Anakin's presence through the Force, which is interesting. You know, it, it shows that they were familiar with each other. Um, he's a Master Jedi, so you know that kind of it, he must have been a a Jedi Master. And they've chose to conceal his identity, so it would lead us to believe that it's somebody that we do know. Um, I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? Um, I, I'm not sure if it's Mace Windu, um, but also I'd like to counter argue that just because someone says Master Jedi doesn't mean they're a Jedi Master. Uh, just could, okay. it could be just someone who is not, uh, force sensitive or doesn't know anything about the force and they just know they're a Jedi. So obviously out of respect, they call him Master Jedi. Also, droids are known to call Jedi, what uh, doesn't matter what rank Master Jedi. So, well, uh, I have no clue. <laughs> whoever, whoever it is, they know it's not. It's not, you know they know Vader's showing up and it's Skywalker. I mean, well, either that or they just think it's Skywalker on you know having a bad day, I guess. Um, but um, besides that, they've run into Inquisitors. Um, so, uh, you know, the list starts to get really short and. Um, I mean, they have brought in Jedi uh, sort of out of left field. I, I'm not sure anybody saw just the new uh, popping into a Darth Vader comic. Um, but um, it is certainly interesting, it, even just in the thought that they've dealt with Inquisitors at all, um, being that, you know, the Inquisitors are comprised of ex-Jedi, as it were, uh, f- people from that era who were at the academy if i'm not mistaken um so i mean it it could be anybody it could be somebody who knows of those folks that that turned to the inquisitors as well my my money's on (laughs) eeth koth 
Maybe. What what's you be right? Mind you, doesn't he have head spikes? Yeah, you've got me there. The the person <laughs> we're looking at here does have a flat head. I'm not sure if that has any I'm just speculating That's here. Just <laughs> the way it falls doesn't mean anything. <laughs> is it the rendering or is it on purpose? We'll never know. Is it shoulder it's tails? Oh no. Shakti. Is it Ahsoka? No. No, it's <laughs> not Oh, I also, uh, sorry guys, but I also forgot to mention that Radis and Akbar are actually in this issue too. So it's yeah. seeing uh, them popping up as advisors to, or and military leaders to uh, King Lee Char. So and King Lee Char was in the Clone Wars, right? He was the young king. Am I right? Yes, sir. Ooh, okay, cool. Yeah, you are right. So it's a Clone Wars throwback, basically. Um, so all the more reason for it to be Mace Windu. No, I'm joking. What did you guys think about um, Vader's dr- like meditation dream about Mustafar and just replaying that battle in his mind again, you know, with Obi-Wan? Don't let your memes be dreams. <laughs> or, or the other way around. No, it, it was it was an interesting <laughs> throwback there. Um, getting to see that scene replay, uh, we've seen it countless times. Uh, revisited it right but seeing him as uh, Vader instead of Anakin uh, definitely changes it a bit and uh, in fact it's Obi-Wan who does the burning in this uh, throwback so um, I think this really it seems to be the the pivotal moment obviously right of uh, of Anakin's life and transition into Darth Vader but these comics are really showing a lot uh, another side of of Vader and uh, perhaps showing his obsessiveness with this moment and, and, and the direction it sort of uh, made his life take from there. Yeah, well, I, I think that there is this kind of part of him that was really um, let down by Obi-Wan, possibly when he chose to kind of let him burn instead of like, you know, helping him or, or even like finishing him off. You know, I think there's, and, and I think there is a, a massive resentment towards him because of that. Uh, even if he might never admit it to himself, uh, it, it, it really—I think it really—is the point where Anakin actually became Vader. You know, forget the whole slaughtering of younglings and and all that. You know, I mean, he did some pretty bad stuff before that, but I think that was the point where the last of—well, I mean, obviously Anakin was still there, you know, around there somewhere. But I think that's the point where he really did choose to give up. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting for me that they keep revisiting that scene. Yeah, I, I, you know, after reading these comics and sort of seeing this different side of Vader and, you know, how for a while he's kind of the Emperor's errand boy instead of this uh, super imposing. I mean, he was imposing, of course, but the fact that, you know, he was being sent out on these small missions by the Emperor to kind of stomp out any you know, remnants of the past, um, I, I find it really interesting. And I do find it interesting that he does reminisce about his old life. And just uh, even with reading Lords of the Sith, it, it, it uh, it's heartbreaking, you know, because he does think about Padme and he does think about... Obi-Wan. You could see it with uh, with his interaction with Jocasta New. He had a... Uh, he didn't want to kill her outright. I mean, go going back to the comic, I mean, I think... I don't know if he saw sort of the benefit in in having that that knowledge, um, but yeah, just wiping it 
it's it's almost as if he's being sent to erase any sort of remnant of his own past, as it were. And even going uh, uh, before that, I mean, not before that, after that, a couple issues later, um, he spares a, a bounty hunter family, you know? And it's like, that's also a, a, a big thing, too. He doesn't want to be this bad guy, but he knows he has to. He's too far in. But still, he, he wanted to spare Jacosta, and he spared uh, those other people. Um, but then again, Jacosta is kind of done now, but you know. She did a tourist. <laughs> right. I, I think very much it shows. I mean, we meet Darth Vader as an older man in the, you know, the OT. But uh, I think it's always interesting that we kind of see Anakin beneath the suit, you know, in these comics and this uh, supplemental, you know, novels. And uh, I don't know. Again, it just breaks my heart to know that he was still thinking about his old life and there was still conflict within him, you know. Right, and it's it's really because you know when you see Vader in the suit, you automatically think of this you know forty year old man. But you've got to remember that in these comics, he's he's what twenty three. Like that's he's he's still a, a, yeah he's he's a, he's a he's a young man essentially. So his thoughts and cynicism is going to be kind of different. So there will be kind of this this kind of spark that's. Um, still there this this kind of remnants of anakin and that's kind of still clinging on almost and i think that a big arc of his journey i think in in this comic series will will be kind of showing that that starts to fade away almost i mean it's it's never it never it never truly fades away you know no one's ever truly gone as, as luke skywalker so so well put in the last jedi but i think that um that is his arc going forward in my opinion and until luke kind of reignites the uh the 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 hope i guess that he can change back um and it's it's kind of maybe a good parallel towards the um sequel trilogy because you know vader kind of messed up his body and completely destroyed everything whereas ben kind of is in a different position where you know he's still young he's still got his his body intact he's still got people willing to care for him maybe um he's got something to go back for so you know he's, he's still got the chance so i don't know maybe there's uh they're setting up a nice parallel there i don't know <laughs> yeah right that 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 fight with uh with obi-wan was that was the day that nobody was calling anakin's cell phone anymore <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was the day he had to change his contact list. So, um, I think yeah, for him it was very much that sense of all right. Well, even if I do feel this, you know, change, what am I going back to? What you know, what is there for me to to change to? Um, a reason for right? and uh, and you know, as he comes to find that uh, he does have children and he does have sort of this lineage heir, as it were, uh, whatever. Maybe that's part of you know what sort of brings him back it's like hey maybe i do have some contacts i can throw in the old uh the old hollow phone <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely you know he, he has a reason to come back um one of it's not part of this issue and it might be part of the 2015 comics actually but one of my favorite drawings um that had no dialogue was vader and luke reaching out to each other across the stars 
and just Vader dreaming of that right. being with his son again. Uh, just really heartbreaking and sad, but it reminds you that, you know, Vader is still a man beneath the suit and still has these desires to have a family or have his children. And I always think about what if, what if the Jedi didn't hide his children from him? What, what would have happened, you know? Yeah, that is an interesting thing to, to theorize. Maybe later on we can go more in depth about this. Uh, definitely yeah it's definitely interesting yeah sorry i just super love vader so <laughs> i have so many thoughts and feelings about him <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't love vader you know um so lastly but not leastly <laughs> final <laughs> predictions about the hooded figure in <laughs> vader Let, on, let's all say it together no one <laughs> two Three, Mace Mace <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would be. Sh- I would honestly be shocked if it was. But there are certain signs. I don't. I don't even want it to be at this point. Like, I don't know. I mean, there's there's definitely some cool things that could be done. It's just it'd be weird bringing him back in a comic to probably kill him off. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, if it is Mace Windu, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that um it's probably not sam you're the one speaking to it into existence so you better be able to swallow that i swear to god i'm probably gonna get so much hate for for even suggesting wasn't it like uh it was like a month or two ago that uh wasn't it sam jackson was talking about reprising his role and his desire to come back maybe they mentioned that he was going to be in a comic yeah um probably yeah I just think there's definitely, it was definitely a big part of Vader's past, you know, Mace Windu, they never really got on. So, I don't know. We'll see. It's probably not. It's probably some really obsolete Jedi that's just going to be like, it's like, oh, it's, it's me. What if it's that, that, that Jedi, I, gosh, I forgot his name, the one with the buns in the beginning. What if it's him? I don't know if he was definitely dead when he was drowned in that water, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know yet. I mean, it's 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 a good. It's like I mean, I don't know. I I haven't actually read that that comic, but I don't know if uh, how conclusive it was if he died or not. But it would be it would be interesting if they if they did bring him back. You know. Well, we should know soon. Um, I believe the next uh, the next installation releases in the next few days or so. So she, we should get an answer pretty soon. Oh, cool. In fact, it might even be out by the time this podcast gets released so Wait, yeah, what day does it come you, out uh the 11th if i'm not mistaken of april which is four days from now uh which is the, okay so this podcast should come out just the day before, before actually <laughs> the day yeah. before come out the day all right before. so yeah it's even more topical <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that wraps up the speculation segment for today uh, the last segment we'll be getting onto today in this podcast is the community segment. Uh, we'd normally be, be answering your questions that you post to us uh, about Star Wars, but unfortunately, we don't have any to answer this podcast as no one's asked us any. Um, <laughs> so that's that's great. Um, but if you want to ask us a question, uh, go to our subreddit at rkesselfun or to our Twitter at kesselfun. And you can ask us any Star Wars related question there and we'll be sure to answer it on the podcast uh, as long as it's suitable. 
Um, we're also running a speculator of the month contest, and that is given to a speculator who we feel is deserving of that role uh, by either posting a great speculation topic on the Star Wars Speculation subreddit or being an upstanding member of the community. They will be rewarded with one month's subscription to Reddit Gold and also a custom flair Star Wars Speculator of the Month that they can wear around the subreddit with uh, with uh, pride. If you have a suggestion for a speculator you'd like to see win this award, uh, head on over to our subreddit and you can post in the relevant thread and give us suggestions. Um, you know, if you if you notice anyone uh, that fits the criteria. Also, if you want us to discuss a certain theory. You can suggest that also in our subreddit, and we'll think about discussing that on the, on the podcast in future. With that said, Liz, if you'd like to give our coordinates to the audience. I'd love to. If you'd like to find us in a galaxy far, far away, you can follow us on our Fun on the subreddit, at Fun on Twitter, and Fun Podcast on YouTube, as well as our SoundCloud link, soundcloud.com slash Podcast. See you around, kid. <laughs>